Hi there, it's Cameron McKillian with Inspiring Internships, the podcast where we discuss what makes a successful internship and why. For this episode, I'm interviewing Katie Abbey to talk all about the importance of paying interns. Katie has a wealth of experience in career services, staffing solutions, and is leading the University of Utah's Career Success Presidential Initiative. Katie, so excited to have you in the studio today. How is your summer going? Uh, We're having such a good summer, Cameron. Thank you for having me. So great to have you. I know there's so many new and exciting things going on, so I just so appreciate you being here today. Katie is Assistant Dean and Special Advisor to the President for the University of Utah's Career Success Center. And so I want to start there. Tell us more about this initiative, how it came about, and how it helps students. Oh, yeah, it's a great story. About nine years ago... The dean of the business school, Taylor Randall, now our president, reached out to me and wanted to discuss concerns he had with student outcomes. Then Dean Randall, now President Randall, is a firm believer in students receiving a really strong return on tuition dollar investment. And the best way we can do that is to ensure that their experience on the exit is as good as their academic experience and that they leave us with an excellent job. And so over the course of time, we began talking about traditional career services, pros for traditional career services, but mostly we discussed the drawbacks. And in general, traditional career services is incredible if a student self-motivates and goes in and accesses those services. Most students do not. Throughout this country, fewer than 10% of students traditionally will go to career services offices. And if they do, it's to learn how to create their first resume. Same has held true here at the University of Utah. And our statistic is also fewer than 10% of students visit our Career Services Center. And so over the the course of many, many discussions, we decided to throw away the traditional model and try something new. And essentially what we did is said, if we create strategies around our employer and community partners, things will turn out better in the end for students. And while this may sound counterintuitive, it really has worked well. Because if you think about it, the University of Utah is a very large place. It's hard to navigate. And so if we make it easy for employers to engage on campus, make it easy for them to access our amazing student talent, to provide projects for students and experiential learning opportunities, and basically act as their concierge, they're going to choose the University of Utah first. And as a result, our students will get more and better opportunities. And that really played out well in the business school. So we've, in essence, been doing this little experiment for about the last eight years. When Dean Randall became President Randall of the university, he took a look around campus and said every student on our campus deserves to have this amazing experience. And so through the presidential initiative, we are now scaling similar programming into every college on campus. That's amazing. That's one of the things I really love about this initiative is it's making things more accessible. Exactly. It's like really bringing employers to the campus. It's having students understand that there's a world of access out there and people that can help you access that, which I think is opening so many more doors now. So that's wonderful. 
And you've also done so much in your own background. So tell me more about that background and your story of what led you here to the University of Utah. Yeah, it's kind of ironic I landed in the business school because I was really a science person when I was at the University of Utah. I love the sciences. And originally, post-graduation, became an entrepreneur and built a healthcare staffing company. We were based here in Salt Lake City and placed physicians and other healthcare specialists in medical practices around the world. During that time, Taylor Randall was actually one of my mentors, and that's how we got to know each other so well. And it was through that experience in terms of staffing and helping hospitals and medical systems find talent that we were able to model the program that we're now doing here on campus. Wow, so it was all kind of modeled based on that then. Exactly right. Wow, so so great to have you here to talk about, especially this topic, paid internships and their importance. So I wanted to present some research here that is from NACE, which is the National Association of Colleges and Employers. And NACE research has found that students who take part in paid internships receive more job offers and garner higher starting salaries than those who participate in unpaid internships. This is coming from a NACE survey in 2022, so this is kind of data that they've released on this consistently, and we keep seeing this always in their reports. According to the student survey of four-year college students, paid interns averaged 1.61 job offers, while unpaid internships averaged 0.94 offers, and students with no internship experience just 0.77 offers. So obviously we're seeing huge dividends for the paid internships. Not only do paid interns garner more jobs on average, but they are also offered higher starting pay. According to the same 2022 student survey, paid interns earn a median starting salary of 62,500 compared to unpaid interns who reported earning a median starting salary of 42,000. 500. That's a big difference. It's huge. So what are your thoughts on that? Why do you think it's so important to pay interns? Oh, there are so many reasons. First and foremost, it's the right thing to do. If you're bringing in a student into your company and asking them to perform services, they deserve to be paid. But beyond that, I think a lot of employers simply haven't thought through the student experience. So for example, many students do internships for credit. And so if an employer is providing an unpaid internship, the student is really getting hit twice. First of all, they're not being paid. And secondly, they're paying tuition dollars for the credits that they're securing. And so it really is the double whammy. But there are other things as well. I think that unpaid internships, the research shows disproportionately and negatively impact students who come from underrepresented groups. And students who already historically might be a little bit behind in terms of placement outcomes, now we're pushing them even farther behind. Additionally, if a student accepts an unpaid internship with a company, they no longer have the traditional and basic labor rights. And so their protection as a worker within this organization is diminished greatly if they're unpaid. So we could go on. There are many, many reasons, but I think that those are some of the most important. Yeah, and that is so interesting, especially that you bring up how it affects our underrepresented groups, yes. because that is so true. I mean, already we live in a world, in a workforce system that it's tricky to navigate. It's tricky to navigate the sort of professional trajectories and how to succeed in certain organizations. 
already when you're adding that added layer of the accessibility, just of offering these unpaid internships negatively affect or underrepresented groups, it's just further creating that gap. Exactly right. We have to do away with that. I mean, this is now the time and age where we have so much need out there for quality work and the use of interns are becoming even more valuable. So why not put forth the effort to make sure that they're being rightfully compensated and creating that competitive edge too, which I tell employers all the time, if you pay, you will also find that your program will get that notch up in in quality because you're kind of establishing a little bit more competitive of a program and you're going to get applicants that really see that and will bring that quality to your organization. Yeah, and I think if employers would do a little financial analysis comparing the cost of having an intern with the cost to onboarding a new employee who does not have that internship experience within their organization, they'll see that an intern who now accepts full-time employment onboards and ramps up much more quickly and becomes much more profitable as an employee for that particular company than somebody who's just coming in cold off the streets. So my guess is that in many cases, the expense of bringing on an intern may write itself when they hire somebody full-time. Right. And that's another statistic that's not even in here, but I have seen reported many times that when you offer paid internships, often there's a lot more of a success rate of that person coming on full-time and being the right person to work for you. And I've seen so many success stories with this of when employers create those right kinds of quality internships that are paid, it is buying in that support, that loyalty to the organization, you're able to be a part of their professional development. And they are giving that sort of loyalty to you in return and growing as a tremendous employee of your organization. And and so that's another really awesome perk to paying and competitive pay to an internship. And I think the companies find that the retention rates go way up. So with some of our current demographics, our current cohorts, there tend to be a lot of movement from job to job. And I don't know the exact statistic for that first employment post-graduation, but in general, what I'm seeing is students tend to hop a little bit after one year or two years to a new organization, whereas if they've had the experience of doing an internship and then being hired, the retention rates are much, much better. Absolutely. And just, you know, I've seen countless unpaid internships where employers like, well, where did they go? They, they kind of dropped off. And well, that is sometimes what will happen with unpaid internships. It's almost like a volunteer opportunity. I mean, you're really almost acting like a volunteer coordinator at that point. Exactly. You've got to expect that you're not going to get the same buy-in. Yeah. And think of the messaging that the employer is giving to that intern. If the work that they're doing is not worth being paid for, what's the value that they're bringing? Mm-hmm. This is great that we're talking about this. So are there any potential challenges or misconceptions related to paying interns that you'd like to address? Um, One of the challenges that I'd like to address is that employers tend to be reluctant to provide internships for younger students. So here at the University of Utah, and as a direct result of the philosophy of our president, we think that everyone should have at least one internship. But the best case scenario is that they have two or three internships during the time that they're here as an undergrad, because it gives them much more opportunity to experience 
multiple companies, perhaps multiple industries, and maybe even multiple job types, which gives them the chance to figure out not just what they like doing and what they're good at doing, but what they don't like. And sometimes figuring out what you don't want to do is as important as figuring out what you do like to do. So as a result of that, we're pushing students to have an internship between their first and second year, between their second and third year, and then, of course, that all-important internship between the third and fourth year. But what we're finding is employers are very, very reluctant to give students who are in those first couple of years opportunities because they simply don't have a lot of academic experience yet, and they, frankly, don't have a lot of work experience yet. But the best scenario for an employer would be to take a student on between first and second year, have them return the next year for another internship where they can do even more complicated work for them, and then return a third time before ultimately hiring them. And if you can imagine, after three years of interning within a company, how quickly they would onboard and be productive for the organization. Oh, it'd be tremendous, right? I'm so glad we're talking about this because I have encountered that a lot with employers where I'll get these position descriptions sent to me. And of course, they're looking for a senior. They want them to have all this experience. Yep. And I have to remind the employer, there is a lot of value in offering an internship to a first year or a second year student or offering it to a student who has yet to learn those skills. Because A, any internship, it should be a learning experience. We should be teaching them the skills that they need to be successful. And B, you get to teach those skills based on what the needs of your organization are. So when you offer an internship to a first year or second year student or to a student who is exploring or wanting to learn these skills, you get to teach those skills right from the beginning and watch them grow in that way. That's right. You're getting essentially a clean slate. So there are no bad habits to erase. You just train up the student in the way that works for your company and your organization. And then hopefully they choose to stay later on. Definitely. And so this goes to students, too, who are looking for internships. You have a lot of value that you bring to the table. And I think articulating that is important, too. If you don't have, say, skills in media or marketing or accounting or something that organization could use, but what you do have is a really great ability to learn, a really great ability to take initiative, you love to build relationships. These are soft skills that you should be articulating as students because if you have that foundation, employers will teach you the rest and they will love that. That's exactly right. And I view our job in the, the Career Success Center as the number one thing that we do is build confidence in students, help them realize the massive skill set that they have and then how to articulate that in terms of value they're going to bring to the workplace. Absolutely. And that's why we have such great career coaches. I'm yeah. so excited that you're leading this Presidential Career Success Initiative because I feel like the coaches are really modeling that for students, that it's all about highlighting these amazing skills that you have, skills that you maybe didn't think that you had or that you could articulate on a resume or an interview. Coaches bring that out. And that may not seem immediately like it has an effect to getting you a job or an internship and it's all a process, right? But what I love about this initiative and what the Career Success Center is doing is it's making that more accessible to students. It's telling students, I have a lot to offer here and here's how I can truly go out and market myself. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we find often students 
especially students in their first few years, don't understand the importance of visiting a career coach often in the mm -hmm. career center. They, you know, they've come to the university and maybe it's the first time they've lived away from home and they're still figuring out how to do the laundry. So why am I thinking about my career when I still have four or five years to go here? But the reality is it takes time and there's a lot to learn. And the more opportunity that a student has to interact with a coach and figure out what they're good at and figure out how to network and how to negotiate, how to find jobs, how to research companies, all of these things will make the ultimate job search so much better and so much more successful. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for taking the time to come on the podcast and talk more about this. You have a lot going on and have been building a lot of new things for this initiative. So I really appreciate you taking the time from that busy schedule to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And I would like to extend an invitation to any employer or organization who's interested in providing internships for students or full-time career opportunities to please reach out to us and we'll take good care of you and help you through the process. And please, for all students, come visit us early and often. Absolutely. For more information on how to create paid internship programs, check out the episode Paid versus Unpaid Internships from Season 1. That is a wrap on Season 2. What an amazing season it's been. But don't worry, it won't be long before Season 3 is here this November. You can expect some new changes and many more student perspectives. Thanks for listening. Thank you.